Welcome to the eighth episode of the Cocktails and Culture podcast, where we enjoy some cocktails and have fun with the culture. Um, this episode is going to be all over the fucking place, so just bear with me. Um, first of all, I definitely want to appreciate, give appreciation and thanks to everyone who has been supportive thus far. The fact that I've done eight of these things are just, is beyond me, um, Definitely want to take a moment to acknowledge what happened last night. Um, the real T.S. Madison, that's the T.S. Madison, gave me a huge shout out on her live. And if you don't know who she is, look her the fuck up. Whole pop culture icon. And um, not only did she just give me a shout out, but she sat down with my best friend at April Nicole, had a conversation with her about what she's doing and, and her, her mobile bartending in the Philadelphia area. And I mean, she shows love and I really want to thank her for that. And it's not even just a generic lip service. Oh, hey, follow this page. She's been following this page pretty much from the beginning and she interacts and she likes posts and she's really phenomenal for, for, so for someone at that level of notoriety for them to be able to still be as humble to show support uh to someone like myself and my friend April who are just we're just struggling not struggling but we're just we're just trying to find our footing in this whole thing that's social media and creating content and to and to, and to give us tips and to give us support and love it's it's overwhelming you don't really hear about that all the time so I definitely want to take a moment to give a shout out to her and I appreciate the love and support of everyone who gives support to this page. You give me life. So definitely, definitely want to take a time to acknowledge that, um, especially since last week I had to take a break and not specifically because of Easter, but because fucking brunch is life. And let me tell you something right now. I'm dead serious. If you've never done a boozy brunch with at least a couple of your friends, you're missing out. And I know a lot of people who are listening to this podcast are in the Midwest, on the East Coast, and it's fucking still snowing for God knows what reason. But once that weather break and you hit that Saturday or that Sunday where it's 75, 80 degrees, get a couple people, preferably find a bottomless mimosa brunch because if it's not bottomless I don't know what the fuck you're doing there anyway and just get it in get there around 10 11 o'clock and get carried out of that motherfucker around three have a great time put on some clothes and do it like brunching hard I'm clapping my hands already and we haven't even like got into it yet but brunching hard is the institution I am going to do a full episode about and I always talk about it day drinking but hashtag brunch hard brunch harder that's a real thing like why not and this whole thing about cocktails and culture is about refinement and getting better and having a good time. So brunch hard, do that shit. Um, ironically, this week I'm having a guest, not ironically that I'm having a guest, but the irony behind it is the guest that I'm having on, I actually met him while brunching hard. So we definitely are going to drink, touch base on the culture windy and more specifically we're going to continue our topic about friendships and when it's time to walk away last last couple of episodes and if you haven't you know listened to the past episodes you should they're good actually I'm sorry they're fucking phenomenal but listen to them and you, you know you'll get the idea of what we've been talking about about when it's time to walk away from a friendship 
the traits that you see where you're kind of like, yeah, I'm over this. So we're definitely going to address when it's time to walk away from the friendship. I mean, because Wendy did it, right? Okay, now my first guest is Brandon, also known as Cooking and Cocktailing. That's on Instagram and on YouTube and on Facebook. Um, <laughs> now, first things first, obviously that's the name, but go ahead and introduce yourself. Hello, everyone. This is Brandon, also known as Jace, and I am the owner of Cooking and Cocktailing. As Bertina mentioned, it is a YouTube channel and also a um, an Instagram page where I combine cooking and cocktailing. Um, that's about it. Go ahead. <laughs> well, <laughs> the one thing I always want to get to is this is near and dear to my heart. What are you drinking? Okay, <laughs> this is near and dear to her heart, and this is actually my first time in probably fifteen years having this liquor. I am drinking gin, and I cannot oh. believe this shit. Boom. And, and I've, I've had a couple of these cocktails already, but I am <laughs> drinking gin. <laughs> what am I drinking? Gin mixed with a little bit of St. Germain, splash of uh, club soda, fresh mint, and fresh squeezed lime juice. So that's on the Instagram page, at cocktails and culture underscore. That's what we call our Friday night special, because that's just it's well, over. Okay, you go ahead and you describe the cocktail. You describe how it tastes because I'm always saying I love gin, I love Saint Germain, but you go ahead. You well, I can't say this. I've always been a lover of Saint Germain. Um, I usually add that to vodka cocktails and also champagne whenever I drink that. However, I've never been a fan of gin for some reason. I can't even describe it. It's it. it in the past, I've always got like this, like a hot taste to it. I, I can't even describe it. But so I've given up gin. I probably haven't had gin in in probably 15 years or so. But um I muddled my mint first and you know which is gonna open up your leaf and it's going to uh allow those flavors to come out. So I did that first with the gin and um and I took a sip of that actually first just to see how it would taste and it just tastes like a really nice fresh minty gin. So I was like, okay, I see where we're going with this. But then once I added the club soda and then the uh, the fresh lime juice and the splash of uh, Saint Germain, what I receive now is I, I, it's, it's, it tastes so fresh, and you can it's just a good combination between the mint and the lime juice. And I, honestly, I don't even taste that like I described, like that hot sensation from drinking just normal gin. I, I don't even experience that. So I'm definitely in love with this drink, and I am on my second one already. Thank you. And I'm because already feeling it, feeling it, feeling it now. <laughs> all that episode, all I do is talk about, like, everyone's like, oh, Jim makes you sand, bumpy face. But, and I'm like, this ain't your granddaddy's, your Uncle Seagram's. This is that good. Like, it's See, bomb. that's always been my impression of Jen. It's like, it's for older people. And older <laughs> white people is usually what I see drink. Uh, it's usually what I see them drinking. Especially when it comes to like martinis and things, they're usually drinking gin martinis. Mm -hmm. and, and I've always been turned off from that. I don't know why. So I, I just never, it's never been my, uh, my choice to just go into a bar and say, oh, I want like a gin and tonic or anything like that. Cause I just naturally, I just associate that with older white people. No offense to anyone. <laughs> You there? 
I'm so happy that you're drinking one of the cocktails from the page and you are a witness and you can attest to how good that shit is. Yeah. So Definitely. that's the first thing I want to get out of the way. So also I also I said in the intro that how we first met was at a brunch. Cause I want to stress oh, how yeah. How, yeah, how dope brunch is and how brunch is hard serious. And I was like, well, I met him. Brunch Shit. is definitely life. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and so because I'm like, brunching is so and just to let everyone know, you now are in Chicago before you were you're in law school, you were out here in San Diego. Yes. I uh, went to California Western School of Law out in San Diego. I graduated back in 2016. Um, I guess I can give you this little backstory or whatever really quick. But um, I actually met you when, actually, the I think maybe the day before I graduated, maybe. But, um, what? You graduated? Yeah, because that's why Charles was out there when we all met up. It was because he was out there for my graduation. We have a mutual friend that came, that, that I went to college. Yeah, in Indiana. And so, uh, yeah, so, but I was probably like my second, during my second year of law school, maybe the third, I um, just realized that it wasn't for me. And just after doing all types of internships and everything and just seeing how miserable the uh, attorneys were that I was working with, like, I was like, damn, and I just have too much personality to just be sitting behind a, a desk all day in a cubicle or either an office all day. And I, I, it just did not work out for me. And so one thing that I did discover that I love is cooking and I definitely have a passion for that. And, um, yeah. So once I graduated, I moved to Chicago because it is, cause I am from Indianapolis. So it was closer to home and I started working for the company that I used to work for before I started, which was a restaurant group, but I started working back with that company once I moved here and I've been there ever since up until what about two weeks ago, <laughs> That's neither here nor there. But um, yeah, I just got into cooking and I feel realized that that is definitely something that I'm passionate about. And um, moving forward, my goal is to eventually open a restaurant. I'm planning on moving to Atlanta probably by the end of this year. But um, I have a friend down there who also wants to partner with me in opening a restaurant. So that's definitely my uh, where I'm headed at and what I'm looking toward now. So, I'm telling you right now. If y'all don't know, if, if he's not just like the animal hood chef, no disrespect, right. all tea, all shape, <laughs> but on his Instagram page, on his YouTube channel, it's not even just like the dishes; it's the plating, it's the experience behind it. It looks amazing. Like that shit makes my shit look like fucking rabbit, like the canned spaghettios <laughs> and shit. But I'm like, I be doing in the kitchen, and I'm like. Oh, like that bruschetta you 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 just made recently. That shit looked yeah. phenomenal. First of all, you told me you were making a regular bruschetta. I thought about you know tomatoes and shit. Like <laughs> you showed out, and that's the one thing that I always try to, to focus on is definitely. Uh, you mentioned the plate presentation. I'm so huge on that. I get so tired of fucking seeing plates on Instagram. That I mean, and what we what do we call them? What struggle plates? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. Hashtag so I get so tired of seeing that shit. And that was also something that kind of like, you know, got me into uh, how I view presentation and all of that. So I was like, damn, I can't be out here looking crazy. I'm big on my appearance. 
as well as far as how I look and dress and all of that. So definitely I can't be out here presenting my food like that, you know. And like this is the thing I always get. Like it's a blessing to be able to eat, period. Like let's not even uh-huh. overlook the small fat. But if you eat, you know, some hot dogs and shit, you ain't gotta put pick a take a picture right. of that on social. Right. <laughs> We gotta stop at the struggle place. If your shit is not looking like don't post cocktailing, that motherfucking shit. Then... <laughs> <laughs> just eat your food. Just eat your food. Say grace. God is good. <laughs> food. Why? Why y'all look, look exactly. at that shit? Why? On a paper plate, Lord Jesus. Ooh, I just had to, I just hung up the phone with somebody 15 minutes before we started this, and I was telling him how disappointed I was that he was eating off of paper plates. I said, "You are a grown ass man. Why are you eating off paper plates?" Like real, if it's not Memorial right. Day, Fourth of right. July, cooking outside, you know what I mean, at a barbecue. There's no need to be eating off of paper plates. No, in your own home, absolutely not. There is none. Hell no. And I see that shit. People will post that shit. Like, no. If it's not 30 people at your house, no, you should be eating exactly. off of regular plates. And if you don't have any plates, go on down to the home goods. Bitch, go to Walmart. <laughs> like, get you a nice box set for $12 and, and, and keep it moving. <laughs> but see, this is why I do this, because I want to... We got to all do better collectively. And this is not a, just like a drag session because <laughs> your shit is whack. But like, you can do better and it's not hard. Right. But yeah, it's just, just collectively as, as a whole. I, I would just really love to see people do better as far as cooking and actually just using fresher ingredients yeah can you hear me yeah keep going i'm sorry yeah that's just something that i and that's something i that i incorporate in my channel and like my videos and things i just want people to get into the habit of using fresher ingredients and i know you speak a lot about that as far as like craft cocktails and things like that the difference that muddling a fresh mint leaf like makes on a drink it affects the entire taste of it you know and And i'm the same way with my cooking day the first video I saw of you on your YouTube page when you're making the dish, when you're cutting and mincing garlic, and you're like, we ain't doing that, that, that jar shit. And I was like, I forgot. They do have jar garlic, and people be using that shit, like, for real, for real. Yes, yes. And, like, you can <laughs> literally, like, that shit is literally, in the jar, is literally sitting in water. Like, most uh, of the time. Or either oil or something, but the fresher the ingredient is, the, the better the taste. And people, once people try that and they understand it and experience it they this is no turning back after that like for example like I made um, I think I spoke to you the other day about it but I made uh, chicken bruschetta for my brother and my sister and you, I chopped up fresh basil and as soon as I started chopping the basil my sister-in-law said damn like I could smell that like that smells so good before she even tasted it, now and, it's not even that expensive. Like exactly, you're literally spending maybe a dollar more. But I said it's completely different. Like you wouldn't even know what basil tastes like just by tasting the shit that's dried in a in a little can or whatever that you know you sprinkle over whatever you know when you're cooking. It has a completely different taste, 
And also on Easter, I made prime rib at my mom's house. And I was trying to explain to her how to season it and everything. And I said, look, we're not doing any dried oregano or thyme. Like, go get some fresh shit. And she actually went and bought the plants from, like, um, like a farmer's market type store. And we ground everything up and, you know, chopped everything up. And, and she's like, damn, like, I could really taste the freshness and just from the herbs that you put on shit. So I really want people to get into the habit of doing that. That's something that I'm super passionate about. And, um, I mean, it'll definitely change your life. I mean, you know, I'm not trying to you know, be funny or anything, but it will definitely change your life and the way you view food. And even like when you go to restaurants that don't use fresh ingredients, it, it changes your palate to where you can actually say, oh, well, this ain't, this isn't fresh. You know what I mean? So, can you hear me? Harley. And that's just not even for like from food, but cocktails as well. And plus, that Absolutely. shit is just more healthier. When you out here, and we talked about this previously, when you go and you buy that jar shit or you buy that that uh, mint paste, it ain't just mint. It's all these different additives and, and preservatives. And preservatives, yep. Exactly. So you're putting all these extra things into your body when all you want is mint flavor. Well, then just buy the fucking mint. The mint leaf, exactly. And then it's, and usually those preservatives are things that you can't even fucking pronounce. You know what I'm saying? Right, <laughs> right. Sodium, pentatate, and whatever the fuck. Like, right. none of, like, so basically... And I think that we're both on the same page of why we do what we do. It's not so much as a passion project, but we also want to spread it to our community that it's not that hard for quality. It really is. Like you spend $5 tops more just for those fresher ingredients for that fresh mint, for that fresh lime, for that fresh basil, whether it's to go to, into, into your food or in your cocktails as well. And it changes everything. It changes the whole fucking ball game. Yeah, it does. It, 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 and I think it changes, it, it elevates your palate. You know what I mean? Like, it, So when you taste something, that's why I, I try to teach people, like, when you taste something that is not fresh, you'll be able to identify it, you know? Oh, yeah, because I can't go to a chain restaurant anymore. Even, like, the Girl. modern restaurants, like, in the neighborhood, like, you know, like, North Park and Hillcrest in that area. Mm-hmm. It keeps going in and out, so... <laughs> <laughs> but I'm like looking out my window it's fucking snowing in Chicago fucking the end of April can you believe that shit no I can't I don't it's know what that's to get about. like three to seven inches or something like it's crazy so I'm just literally looking out of the window at the fucking snow sipping so, this delicious ass cocktail you that know what? recommended to me <laughs> you brought the cocktail up because we want to discuss something else more about the cocktails now you incorporate cocktails on your page as well, right? Oh, yes. I forgot all about that shit. Yeah, I definitely um, incorporate cocktails because every time I cook, I'm always sipping a cocktail, whether it's a glass of wine or, you know, whatever. But I try to stick with a fresh signature cocktail and I try to do something that is paired with the dish that I'm making in the video. Mm-hmm. Something that I, you know, something that I enjoy drinking while I'm eating that actual dish. So, um, I'm happy you brought that up as well because it's okay to do that little extra research because certain liquors, certain wines, certain liqueurs, certain fruits, certain herbs pair well with certain foods that make the whole dining experience better. Exactly. Exactly. So if you want to say, you know what I, cause me personally, like gin, that shit pairs well when I'm, when I'm having a steak. Like if I'm not having some red wine, I got me a nice bloody ass ribeye. Uh huh. <laughs> Come on, bloody ribeye. Yes. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> 
Come on, bloody ribeye. <laughs> we gotta stop eating well done steaks. Like that shit. Like maybe you don't even want to have that conversation with me. Oh no, this is this is cocktails and coaches. It's a part of coaches. <laughs> you don't even want to have that conversation with me. We 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 absolutely fucking need to. I'm sorry. Like I get it. Not everybody wants their shits, you know, rare, medium. That's fine. But go for a nice, cool center with a little bit of give. But don't be out here eating pucks, baby. Like and 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 I'm gonna be honest. Like the cuts of meat. Like I love fillet. Ribeye is my absolute favorite cut of meat, uh, or cut of beef actually. But um, like I love a good fillet too. But and and I like prime steaks also. You know, black Angus, like those are the better cuts of meat, you know, that are going to give you more flavor more, and, and are going to be more tender. So why the fuck would you go and fucking blaze your steak to a well-done temperature for some shit that was meant to be enjoyed by whoever butchered that fucking cow? <laughs> you sit here and you, you, you cook that shit to a crisp. Exactly. And you, smell it. And you just ruined... It, like it was really no point of them even killing the cow if you were just going if you were just gonna burn up this piece of fucking meat, you know what I mean? Like it, it makes no sense to me. And then and but then, motherfuckers, what they do is that we I can cuss here, right? Can you hear me? Have you heard any of my? Have you heard any of the episodes of mine before? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Then what the. But what motherfuckers do is they cook them bitches to a crisp and then they want to douse it in fucking steak sauce. A1 ketchup. What the fuck? Why why would you do that? For what? So I get very upset. And like I said, I do work in the restaurant industry and a lot of times I see our people, just being honest, ordering well done shit. And a lot of times I have to suggest to them, and this is just coming from like my cook experience and you know, just like my palate. I'm like, hey, maybe at least try it medium well. Just at least yeah. try it medium well. Just a slight trace of pink. That's what you're gonna have. And it, it will definitely be able to tell the, the difference. But the thing is that there are a lot of people who they're used to their comfort zone. Perfect example to to take it back to with you and Jen. Uh-huh. You had one experience or something sounds away or Big Mama says something and you stuck with that your entire life. Yeah. And it's like that's not what that's not what evolution is. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's econ one oh one. You grow it, you die. So if you're not getting better, if you out here still drinking that or, or eating that overdone meat, drinking that processed shit, this is why people be having diabetes at 40 years old. Exactly. Exactly. And all time. So I look, fuck that shit. So that's what um what uh, one thing that I can say that I I definitely feel like people get so used because it's 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 learned behavior you know, and I feel like people are so used to a certain thing to where when you suggest something, but and, and that also comes I mean basically it's called ignorance you know, <laughs> I'm just being real. It's called ignorance when you refuse to try different things based off of uh, what you're used to or, you know, your comfort zone. And a lot of, like you said, a lot of our people are un- are afraid to come out of their comfort zones. And so what you end up with is a lot of ignorant ass people at 50 and 60 years old eating well done steaks, dousing them in steak sauce, not eating asparagus, not eating vegetables because it's not cooked in bacon fat and butter and all of that bullshit. 
And it'd be like Heinz 57 and shit that you put on steak sauce. I'm like, what the fuck? Right. Like, bitch, get into the flavor of my meat. Get into, like, you know what I'm saying? That, that's no, like, that, me so mad. Like, that's, that's just like a slap in the face to, to me, whoever prepared it. And also to the fucking cow that it fucking came from. <laughs> Look, and honestly, like, you're, you're not the first person I hear about. Like, I had, once this is um, at Bad and Boozy, they have a really great Instagram page about wine. And they were just like, one of them was like, no, nah, I can't do gin. And I was like, why the fuck not? You out here telling everybody about uh, tannins and shit and wine and you can't fucking drink, a, drink some gin? So she went out and she actually had the same thing that you're trying right now, the Friday night special on the Instagram page. And she, everyone loves it. Everyone loves it. So it's all about at least trying. You never know what you like until you go for it. Absolutely, I definitely because I like I said, and I actually, and you brought up Seagram's early. I think that's actually what I tried. It's so always you already Seagram. know that that was gonna take my fucking taste anyway. It's always everybody's first gin experience is never with Bombay Sapphire. It's never with a Hendrix. Right. It's always with the motherfucking Seagram's, and it always ends in tears, emergency room, snow, expulsion. You know, and what is this only like ten dollars a bottle? Look, one of my main main rules, and I've said this in, in many other episodes past, if liquor comes in a plastic bottle, you shouldn't drink it. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> if, if, that's, if y'all shit says Bartons or motherfucking evil eyes, dark, dark eyes, eyes, any of that bullshit in a plastic bottle <laughs> down on the bottom shelf. If you can go join your niece or nephew in a game of T-ball with your liquor bottle. (laughs) 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 Bitch, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. I got you here. If you can pour that shit in your gas tank and that shit start up and you can fucking drive down the block on that shit, bitch, you don't need that shit. (laughs) You don't need that in your body. You don't. (laughs) Absolutely not. What I, what I always want to ask people as well is because we, we've done segments on previous episodes as well about building an at-home bar because everyone's at-home bars varies. Some people have the whole shebang, the whole bar installed. They have fucking the dispensers and all that. Some people just got a couple bottles on top of the fridge. So what I want to add, and you being my first illustrious guest, and, and obviously you're going to be a bit different because you do your own cocktailing on your page. What kind of at-home bar do you have? Um, honestly, mine is primarily white liquors. Um, I'm an avid vodka drinker. My favorite, and believe it or not, is Kettle One. That may be considered like you know like a lower end, but I, I it just works with my body, and I love. And they have these new botanical flavors that came out. I don't know, they're not more so new anymore, but they have these botanical. It's called Kettle One Botanicals. But they're like infused with real fruit, and it's just not like that flavored shit that like absolute pours into the bottles, and you know things like that. So, and you can definitely taste the difference in these liquors. But um, Kettle I One, have, I have a bottle of um, Kettle One Botanicals. I think I have the cucumber mint because I paired that with Saint Germain, and that shit fucking hits. I look oh. for the uh, it's grapefruit and rose. It is absolutely <laughs> fucking delicious. Yeah, and so, I usually so, mix that with uh, fresh grapefruit juice, or if I, you know, if I'm on the time crunch, I'll get some simply grapefruit. You know, <laughs> but that's, that, that's the only 
that's the only brand I use with my Hennessy. So you say you have white, you don't have no dark liquor, you don't have a bourbon, you don't have a whiskey, you don't have cognac. Um, I, I'm not a, I'm really not a brown drinker. I do have, uh, yeah. I do have Corzo tequila. Um, what else do I have in there? I have Corzo wine and things. You, you out there, and it's snowing cats and dogs outside, and you don't have a good bottle of a bourbon on deck? No, I do not. <laughs> but hey, that's, no, what I'm, that's what I'm here to learn from you. Definitely well, how to build my bar and, ex- and expand. My, now I have a fucking bottle of uh, Bombay Sapphire. So. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so, so there you go. This, that's what the Bombay purpose Bombay of this podcast is, is to expand our palate. Exactly. Exactly. And my thing is like, with brown, is. Hello? Yeah, okay. So, pretty much that. But, I mean, at, and, and that speaks volumes right now because someone, and what, once they go to your page, it's at cocktails, at cooking at cooking and cocktailing, excuse me. Once they go to your Instagram page, they'll see what you do as far as making drinks and making food. And not everybody knows everything. Exactly. Not everybody's going to be all-encompassing. Like, you put me, like, like seriously, that food shot of chicken? Like, I'm going to the grocery store to the fucking night. <laughs> Like, seriously, like, if you're not following at cooking and cocktailing on Instagram, if you're not following the YouTube page, you are doing yourself a huge disservice. Like, this is somebody from, this could be anybody. This could be your brother. This could be your cousin, whoever. I mean, and it's basically just, what I am, because I am self-taught. Uh, my mom's taught me how to cook, like starting that. when I was a kid. You know, like, she always told me, um, you know, you never know if you're going to have a wife to cook for you or anything like that, which, I mean, hence, that may be the fact that she knew, you know, what it was. <laughs> <laughs> but she always taught me, like, hey, you need to be able to take care of yourself. And, and it goes to other areas. Um, as far as taking, you know what? washing my That's own fair. clothes. And, you know, when I was 10 years old, she taught me how to wash my own clothes, how to iron my own clothes and things like that. So nobody ever had to do that for me, you know. And See, that's so serious. Like, men, brothers, especially... Like, you can't live your life waiting for somebody to slide through and take care of you. Learn how to do this shit now. There's nothing- so funny you just said that. You remember I said I was just having a conversation with somebody 15 minutes before we started? We were just having this exact same conversation about Black men and how their mamas coddle them to where when they get out of their mama's home, they don't know how to fucking take care of themselves. They don't know how to cook. They don't know how to wash clothes because they're expecting or they've always had their mama to do it for it. So when they move forward and actually deal with a woman, you know, they kind of place that, you know, they expect her to be the mama, you know? Oh, I've gone out again. Hello? Okay. Can you hear me? Yes, now I can, yeah. Okay. No, I was saying that my brother, he didn't know how to work a microwave until he was 13 years old. What? So your mom always warmed his food up for him? Look, I would get cursed clean the fuck out if I want the one. If I made myself a sandwich, I had to make him one too. Guess how younger my brother is than I am? What, a year and a half? Two years? 11 months. 11 months. <laughs> and motherfucker. You're just that far much younger than me that you can't do what I'm doing right now. You you eleven. You ain't even a full year. Right. <laughs> you came right the fuck behind me. 
So, so what know. is his status now? Is he able to go and cook himself a uh, a nice dinner for him and his girlfriend or wife or you know whatever? Is he able to do that now? We're not going to talk about that on, on, on the podcast. <laughs> I thought we were all open here. Hold on, we need to get some more cocktails so we can okay. get into these conversations. <laughs> I mean, I ain't got time to talk about that that shit because I'm a fucking. <laughs> I ain't got. I ain't, there ain't enough tape recording uh, gigabytes on the fucking planet to get into my that bullshit. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but look, at the end of the day. You know, at Cooking and Cocktailing on Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, follow that fucking shit for real. Like, I, I'm i never going to steer anyone wrong. I wouldn't have him on if his shit was whack. And if his shit was whack, I wouldn't even shout it out. But let's just talk about something else. So it's legit. So definitely follow that page um, and know that not everybody knows everything. And, and especially when we come to the, the drinking, like, and Brandon, you would agree, like, you drink and you have a good time, but you don't know everything about cocktails. Like, you you were afraid or apprehensive more so about gin. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, perfect. So, um, I think the next stop, because this is Cocktails and Cultures, we're going to go ahead and get to the culture, shall we? Absolutely. Let's go for it. And I need another fucking cocktail. Let's re Say your thing with brown was what? You can make cocktails with it. You you can play with it. It's not just on the rocks. Like I made, I've made so many Hennessy or cognac cocktails on my page. Like I paired Douce with Saint Germain and some rose and and some orange blossom water. Oh really? Baby, look, Spirit of the Grove. Wait, it's on the Instagram. I do have. Yeah. I, well, let me go back. I do have some Maker's Mark. I don't know. That somebody gave that to me, so I'm not really. I don't really know like the level gift. of sophistication with that. But <laughs> that sounds like a word gift. Okay. No, but... it was. It honestly it was a Christmas gift, like in a grab bag kind of thing. So yeah. <laughs> well, there's so much you can do with darker liquors. Like I said, you can you can you know soak bourbon with bananas or cinnamon or apples and you can make a good liqueur there's so much you can do and i've done on the page and i'll continue to do now obviously it's not going to be as much now because once the weather breaks well for y'all you know right it's, it's, all, <laughs> it's all about vodka gin tequila it's about, it's about keeping it light in the summer and, and, and you know the fun drinks but once it turns fall and winter again baby i'm going the fuck off i feel you i feel you and, because and, and I'm and I'm pretty sure you can agree the seasons change and so should what you put into your body because if you take it back 50, 60 years, you can only eat certain things because that's what the okay. I think it's that Wendy is going through all of this because she spent decades being insensitive to everyone else's life. Like Wait, this is why she that. I'm sorry. I said, Do you think it's karma that she's going through all this because she spent decades you know, airing other people's dirty laundry, being mean and nasty. You just heard the shit on the clip that she was saying, I got a good man. Like, do you think what's what she's going through right now is karma? You know what? I'm going to first start out by saying this. And this is something, um, shout out to James Colwell. He's one of my favorite YouTubers. Check him out if you haven't. But he oh, always I love James. says, you love, you love James too? <laughs> I, I, love, I love him. He's <laughs> I love him. James Paul will by name, but y'all all know about Patty Paz. Y'all know the clip. Y'all saw it. That's who James is. Yeah. But he always says that um 
Karma is a raggedy black ball headed bitch named Karma. You know what I'm saying? And that's and, and low key, like no shade, but I feel like a portion of it is karma. But also the other half of it is life. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like I feel bad for her and like when Wendy's a shady bitch, but you know, we all live for a little bit of shade. But Honestly, I wouldn't wish that type of shit on anybody, not even my enemy, you know, but Wendy has definitely played a hand in a lot of the breaking up of marriages, relationships, friendships, etc. I would never wish that on anybody, but I mean, on the other side, you got that bitch karma, that bitch will meet you out in those streets and that bitch will start windmilling, you know what I'm saying? And she will fuck you up. She a raggedy bitch. You said karma's that bitch who uh, eats the flame of hot to 7.30 in the morning. Right. And that bitch will be like, bitch, come on outside, bitch. What's up? What's good? And that bitch will be out in the street with her hair wrapped up, ready to go. Oh, I, I don't... Like, here's the thing. Has Wendy been just a foul, nasty hoe? Yeah, she has. But to say it's karma that her husband dogged her the fuck out? Like, unless she been sleeping with somebody else's husband, I can't say this is a direct karma. I can't. I can't, I can't well, say that's what you say. The fact that he impregnated somebody else and, you know, have all the, I wouldn't say that that's karma. I would say that the actual karma is the public embarrassment. That's how I feel yeah, about that because she has no problem airing anybody's dirty laundry or, you know, shit like that. So the fact that it's now happening to her. That's what I look at as karma, and that's why I say I don't wish that on anybody because I never want to see anybody. You know, I, I don't want to, you know, witness the dissolution of a marriage or anything like that. But the actual fact that she's going through this and everybody's looking at her like, "Bitch, what's like, Wendy? What's the next move?" That's the karma and the public embarrassment that's coming along with that. That's that raggedy bitch that's been having been snatching away. I, I, I agree. I think that we're on the same page, and I didn't even think about it. At that, you went out, sis. The gag is everybody's been knowing what she's been going through. Yeah, since last year when that bitch got you know got loopy on the show, you know. <laughs> I forgot you mean who she was interviewing, but the bitch got you know she got loopy, and everybody was like, "Okay, girl, what's what, what's going on?" She, that's what happens. You can't have these regular, or you can't you can't have dangerous people around you when you're delicate yourself. Mm-hmm. You can't. You know, you out here going through your shit, and your your spouse is your significant other is supposed to be your rock, and this motherfucker out here. I, I, I you know what? It's a public spectacle, and I live for it. Wait, I'm sorry. It's, you said it's public what? It's a public spectacle, oh. and I, I, I'm living for it. But it ties into our topic about when to walk away from something. Because the fact of the matter is, she's around somebody that's driving her to get back on drugs, to drink, to be at work falling out and shit on national TV. I think we should evaluate when it's time to walk away. What you think? As far as a marriage, yeah, yeah. Let's 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 go into that. Let's go into that. Or actually any relationship. 
I think it's because not everyone's married, but everybody has had a friendship where they've had to walk away. Now, in my last two episodes, I did a top 10 of traits that would cause you to pretty much just slow down for being friends with someone. And as we discuss, and as I've expressed constantly on this podcast, and I know, Jace, you can agree, is that friendship after 30 is a different beast. It's a different ball game. Like someone may have some some of the top 10 traits, but you can still kind of work with them. But if somebody's consistently checking all these boxes, there has to come a time where you can be like, I can't do this you anymore. You gotta move the fuck on. Yeah. Exactly. And, get, exactly. and, it, and it, it really goes down to self-reflection. Like you have, and not only of reflecting on the relationship that you have with this person, but you have to reflect on yourself as far as what you want in your life and what you're willing to tolerate because that's that's what matters the most. Nobody wants to come mm-hmm. with their happiness or feelings, you know? So you definitely have to do some self-reflection as well on top of just analyzing the relationship that you've had with this other person. But let, let's get into that. I, I, I'm, I'm loving this topic. Let's break down this top 10 real quick. And obviously, like I said before, the last couple of episodes, I went more in depth. We're going to just hit some clips notes. And Jay's, de- Jay's definitely give me what you think as well. So number 10, is toxicity so toxicity is you know when you talk to somebody after you get off the phone with them you feel emotionally and spiritually just drained you take them out and they always you laugh so oh i'm sorry did i hit a nerve you you, you hit a little nerve because i'm currently going through some things okay so so you you can speak from firsthand experience about having a friend that you know and you love that's near and dear to your heart because let's keep it real at our age you know, and for those who don't know, I'm a whole 33-ass years old. So most of the friends you have, I've had since, you know, elementary school, middle school, we talk about people you've known for 10, 15, 20 years. So when someone is is giving you toxic traits, you, you still go, well, you know, they just going through something. Well, you know, you know, their mom is sick. Like you make excuses because you want to you wanna salvage that friendship because of the length and time you have behind. Right, and you want to be oh shit, I cut out, cut out. Yeah. Hello. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Right. So go ahead. So, um, and, and I agree completely what you're saying. Like, you want to be empathetic and sympathetic to their feelings and shit, but sometimes. You know, and I feel like that's where we're because we're trained to why well, I'm not gonna say trained, but we, we want to be compassionate and empathetic as well, you know. So you kind of overlook a lot of the things that these friends do, not really realizing because you're trying to salvage a relationship. You don't want to just give up on people. Like that's that's you know, a part of life you want to maintain these long term relationships, but sometimes the shit just goes too goddamn far. And the shit just brings in like and, and it's toxicity. Like you, that shit comes into your life, and it's shit that you don't need. And sometimes you just gotta let exactly. that shit go. Like, like I said, like I said before, when you you know someone's toxic, that every time they come into the room, every time they come over to your house, they come over to the party, they suck all the fucking energy yeah. out of it. It's a thing. It's always a goddamn thing. Everything is a goddamn episode of Young and the Restless. Exactly. All the fucking time. And, and, and nothing's ever positive when you're done with them. 
it's always something else. When you see it, they, that, that, that name come up on your phone, you're like, what the fuck is this bitch talking about? What doesn't happen? So number 10, toxicity is a trait that, and you know when someone's You went out. <laughs> okay. okay. Yeah. You got me? You said you. So number nine is doing the most. And doing the most can be as little as that bitch who just has to wear a corset and heels to just a regular lunch to be someone who every time you see them, every time they drink, they're the ones who get the most drunk all the time. They're the ones who's crying all the fucking time. They're the ones who just goes above and be. Everything is a fucking spectacle. Doing the everybody knows somebody who do the fucking most. I can't have a come over here. She do the most. Him, he be doing the most all the time. You be hanging out and they on the phone arguing with their significant other for hours, fucking up the shit. Nothing can ever be just cool, easy, and simple. Somebody's doing the most, so that's a trait. Now, me personally, everybody knows someone who does the most, but to me, that's not like a red X, like. I can kind of deal with you doing the most a little bit, but the older you get, the more you're like, okay, I'm it's go. unnecessary. And that, and, and when you say doing the most, like the first thing that popped into my mind was Instagram, social medias. Oh my like, gosh! Even just a post and a caption, bitch, you doing the <laughs> most? You out here, like, bitch, you just gave birth three weeks ago. Why you out here thirst right. trap? You can't even find. You, you got three baby daddies already. What are you doing exactly. the most? Exactly. What the fuck? What, what, what are you talking about? Like The most. Oh, and I'm not trying to, like, get too personal because I don't want to, you know what I mean, like, air out shit or whatever that I'm personally going through. But, you know, like, and I can go another route. Let me go another route with that. Even, like, relationships that I feel like I feel, oh, shit. Y'all, I'm feeling this fucking cocktail. This is, shit, my fourth one. But... <laughs> But I feel like a lot of people air their relationship and all of their dramas and shit like that. Um, no, I'm sorry. Let me go back. No, no, here, here, here. I'll make it easy for you. You ever saw the people on social media where they post, I'm, I'm, I'm going to just disappear from the world for a while. Uh, don't call or text me. Exactly. Yes. Yes, do it. First of all, if you want to get ghosts on social media, get the fuck ghosts. And if I want to know how you're doing, I'm going to call you. What the fuck are you doing this whole thing? Why is, what's the production about? Exactly. Exactly. Doing the most. And also another, I'm just going another through thing through. with that, like as far as dealing with relationships, a lot of people, it could be on the flip side. A lot of people will post how happy they are in their relationships, but you know on the back side that Bitch, he's beating your ass. Bitch, he's fucking three other bitches. Okay. You know what I'm saying? All... Doing the most. But you know what? Am I drinking? It all falls under. Bitch, you still doing the motherfucking most. You out here and, and posting y'all vacation, but you know, he was only there for two days and left you there because y'all got into a fight. Right. Or bitch, you paid for the vacation. Ooh, okay. Bitch, after you just found out that he was cheating on you, but you used your tax coin to fucking go... <laughs> on a vacation for him, knowing that this nigga's been cheating on you, but yet you just want to have these photos to post on Instagram and the fact that you on vacation with bad. Let me tell you something. Bitch, you're doing the most. Let me tell you something. So this is going to tie into number eight, which I Hold on, you went out. You went out. Hello? 
Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So on social media, she actually this was, this was a great one. Your friend being a doll to their significant other. That's a that's a fucking like to me, that's one of the no-nos. Like we grown as fuck. If you out here married and you you out here actively cheating on your your wife, your husband and shit, and you want me to still be friends with you, and you can't be loyal to your man or your woman, why why the fuck can you be loyal to me? I definitely feel you there. I definitely view that as a a, de- a definite character for me. Like, if I see that you have no loyalty to the person that you're laying up at in tonight, the bed, you're letting them inside of your box or ass, whatever. You're letting them inside of you. I'm not inside of you. So, what type of shit? You know what I'm saying? Like, what type of loyalty do you have None. to me? That and that and that also kind of goes to trust. Like, bitch, I don't trust you because you're not even um, trustworthy of the person that you're laying with. Every you looking night. at them in the face and lying. So how am I supposed to know you lying to me? Exactly. Like th- that. That to me is re- it resonates, especially, especially. With men, especially because I know so many guys who know you know somebody. I let me tell you something right now, without getting too specific. I know a gentleman who has a husband, love him. They all on social media taking pictures. They making pies and shit and drinks by the fire when it was cold. You went out again. <laughs> hey, can you hear me? Okay. Yeah. Okay, so they laying by the... Yeah, they have social media. You know the one where you have the fire in the background with the glass and shit and the socks in the background, you know, warming by the fire. Life and shit. Slightly doing the most, right? But <laughs> you the one with a net, the most random motherfucker could give you a wink of the eye and you busting it the fuck open. You don't give a fuck. And I'm like looking at him like, I don't think I want to be your friend. Like I know that I know I know that your significant other, I know they love you to death. They'll do anything for you. They love you and you're willing to just dog them out. I'm sorry. Like at this day and age, especially this part in my life, I need somebody who's gonna ride for me. Exactly. Exactly. So and like I say, that that definitely goes to trust. Like you can't like obviously his partner can't even trust him. You know what I'm saying? And you out here doing all of this bullshit. So why the fuck as your friend, why would I think that you wouldn't fuck me over? So that's number eight. Number seven is selfishness. And everybody, I don't care what your age, gender, sexuality, whatever you are, you know a friend who's fucking selfish. It's all about me, 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 me. That's it. They want you there for them. That's how and that's it. But when that shit needs to be reciprocated and you need that shit back, they're nowhere to be fucking found. Because it's all about them. Everybody got to see Yeah. Everybody. <laughs> Loki. Everybody going through that now. Energy vampire. And, uh, Goddamn Dracula for the energy. They, want, they, they will suck you dry. This is the, and this is the trick of toxicity as well. They will suck you the fuck dry. So you ain't got nothing left for your friends or your family. Cause, cause they, yeah. Definitely. I agree with you on that. Definitely, and like I said, like I without going, damn, it's kind of weird that like a lot of these points are hitting on like the shit that mm. I'm going through now with somebody that I, I consider a you know a really really close best friend actually you know, and um, I find myself a lot of the times like on the phone to where 
you know, I'll call or something and then, you know, just to vent about something, but somehow it always turns back on to what he's going through. And then I have to sit there and listen to a one hour, you know, hour and a half rant about what the fuck you're going through. And and I'm going to tell you something to to ease up, ease up on you is that I had a friend where, and I'm gonna keep it, I'm gonna keep it really a real motherfucking book right now. My husband at one point in our relationship, we were engaged, we separated for a bit. He moved out the whole shebang. He was he was on some stupid shit. You gotta get the fuck out. But we separated. It was like a week, not to be melodramatic, but we still separated. And no, the thing was <laughs> I called him my homegirl out here. And I said, Look, we gotta go out. I need a moment to just reset, like I'm going through some shit. So I'm out here feeling away about my shit. I'm, 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 I'm like, I don't put this man on social media. Everybody knows him and he ain't here. Mind you, this is going to be a revelation to a lot of people. I feel comfortable talking about it because it was years ago before we were married, but it happened. And I'm at the bar, talk- I'm at the bar talking to her. And you know, this bitch had the audacity to lie, to, to, sorry, not lie, but to sit there in my face and cry because a guy she was dating for three months, he didn't call her back. At the time, you met my fiance. You know how much I care about him. And I'm telling you, he don't even live with me no more. And you, instead of giving me a girl, come on, get another shot. Let's do this. You tell me about some nigga that you didn't, he wouldn't even, he was just some dude. You tell me about some dude that you dated for three months and he ain't calling you back and I got to console you. Let me tell you something. Right. That right there for me was the nail in the head because the previous time her and I hung out, we went to a brunch. We went to Uptown, child. We went to a brunch and we had one bottle of champagne for the mimosas. And I said, all right, girl, let's get it in. And she said, oh, well, you know, it's time to go. I have to go to the grocery store. And I was like, we didn't came for a brunch. I done blocked off five hours of my day for brunching. We were we there for 45 minutes. Exactly. That's what you were supposed to do. Bitch, what, what you going to do? 45 minutes for? we were there at Uptown. You know how Uptown has to set up. Uptown's a restaurant in um San Diego, and they have their brunch, they have all the shit. They have all the papaya, mango, pineapple juices, everything, candies. So you can like dress up your mimosa. They make it very Instagram worthy. So we were there about, I was ready to fucking shit. I had my, my brunch pants on. I was strapped up. Let's do it. And we were there for 30, for, for 45 minutes, and that was it. So that was already strike one and two. But that shit about her making everything about her in that moment, I was like, okay, well, I, I know we can't be friends. And that's really big for me because I ain't got a lot of black friends out here in San Diego and she was my motherfucking one. Hold up, go back a little bit. <laughs> what did she have to go to the grocery store for? Just to go? Paper. It wasn't even no, this is a woman who lived by her fucking self. It wasn't no, she wasn't pressed for time. <laughs> Oh, so that was it was some bullshit. bullshit. Like, don't invite me to a brunch and say we got to be out of here within a time frame. Like, if you invite, and you know, because we brunched together, you know, the, the one time we went brunch, it, it, it ran off the fucking rails. It went down to where I don't even remember leaving the brunch. It was nighttime when y'all, <laughs> we went back to my place and it was nighttime when y'all left. <laughs> oh, shit. That's yes, how hard we brunched. And you was like making some chicken. I remember that shit. 
You look like, look, I got a good. I remember that shit. I got a good with my man. <laughs> we, we went. Yes, I remember the day and that shit when y'all left, it was nighttime. Like I remember flashing, I'm like, damn, it's dark as fuck. It's time for y'all to go. Shit. That's what right. shit is. And I, I go to a brunch, like I done blocked off my day and we about to meet up, woo woo And then all of a sudden we there and after the one bottle of champagne, she goes, you know, okay, well, you know, let's get the check. And I was like, the check? We going somewhere else? Like, anyway. So but yeah, that's fucked up. But I definitely feel you on that. Like friends turning shit around on them. Like that, that definitely is selfish. Especially when you call to like vent about something. You know, I mean, and and that's what we call our friends for. This, well, not all the time, but you know what I'm saying. We call them to when we want to vent. We have that specific friend or group of friends that we can say, hey, like this is the shit that's going on with me. Whether it's relationship, whether it's some shit dealing with work, you know, whatever. But I'm not calling to fucking no. hear your story. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I don't give a fuck about that. I'm I mean I in the grand scheme of things I do, but right now in this exactly. moment I don't. I'm calling to talk about myself and my issues and my feelings and the shit that I'm currently Exactly. And, and, and my thing is I'm not the type of person where I don't reveal shit to shit. Like the fact that I even acknowledge the fact that my husband, my fiance at the time him and I separated, I can count on my one hand the people who knew that. So no one I'm I'm that type. I'm very private about my life. So the fact that I even told this girl about what happened was something for that was that was a growing moment for me to reach out. So sometimes you need to you need to reach out, and this is a learning lesson for everybody. Sometimes you you do need to rely on other people for your support. Now, obviously, it ain't gonna work. It ain't gonna work out in your favor all the time. But I, the lesson I got from it was, well, this bitch ain't worth worth a damn. She ain't worth a motherfucking squirrel for her. She ain't worth shit. And I got rid of her. Right. And like I said, what? what and you really need to be careful about who you then, decide to confide. And then a lot of us out here. So I held on to my one black female college educated friend. I held on for their life to keep her around. And when she pulled that, I was like, all right, well, fuck it. Fuck it. Fuck it. Fuck that. Fuck her. Weirdo. Okay. So number six. Number six is doing the very least. Doing the least is that person you invite to come out and they wear flip-flops and shit. Doing the least is you invite them to come out, but they don't come out or they come late where everything is the very minimum effort. That's doing the least. You know, you, perfect example, you know, you graduated from law school and, you know, you get a text, hey, congrats, and that's it. That's doing the least. You know, right, right. And, and and that kind of Go goes ahead. to I'm sorry to cut you off, but that kind of goes to the last topic. Exactly, like I'm gonna say that. Like it, that falls into selfishness uh-huh. in a sense to me. Like because it's obviously you don't give a fuck about me, and as far as what I have going on, like you know my you know you know me as a friend, you know, and the fact that like you said you showed up in flip flops and shit, bitch. I don't do flip flops unless I'm on a motherfucking beach or not. Hold on, not not fuck all that. I do flip-flops on a daily if I'm at my home or, you know what I mean, just going to the store or some shit like that. But if I got some real shit going on, bitch, and you know where, you know, bitch is going to be dressed and then you show up at some motherfucking flip-flops, bitch, that's disrespectful. It's rude. Hey, and no, it's hold on, hold on. Let, let me tell y'all right now about, about Jace. He fucking gets the fuck down. I'm not even, I'm not even like, let me tell you something right now. Like, this motherfucking, like, when I say I had to get me a nice little Louis Vuitton RT Damier bag, 
Yes. <laughs> I mean, like, with the wallet to match because I was like, oh, he for real, for real. He wears the T-shirt, the St. Laurent T-shirt. The yeah, Laurent t-shirt. Like, he, he, but you know what, though? And I want, I want to preface this by saying this. It's not all about labels. My dad, my dad, my exactly. dad told me something that was exactly. a big fucking bar. He was like, buy the best your money could buy. If the best you could buy is a Timex, if the best you could buy is a Movado, do that, own that, and that's you. Don't go broke trying to be like the next motherfucker. But if you out here wearing a Timex exactly. and you got Rolex money, do better. So that's where I am. Like I'm going right. to buy the best that my money can do. Like I have one pair of Louboutin. That's it. I ain't got money for 15 pair. That's it. Like, I, ain't got, I, ain't, I ain't got the money. I'll, I'll show up to your spot, Steve Madden. Fuck you. And what? I'm bad. And, but, and this is something that I also want to say, it's not all about, because I get a lot of flack about, oh, he's a label whore, and you know, it's not even about that. It's really not about the labels. Like, I do like to accessorize with labels, and I like nice shit. Like, I I mean, you might see me in a Versace t-shirt in one of my videos on YouTube, you know, but it's not all about that, but trust I may have on a Versace t-shirt, but I might also have on a pair of Levi's. Levi's are my favorite Even fucking brand of jeans they because they fit my body and all of that shit, and they, they're comfortable, and that's what, $40? $40. But you just have to know how to do that shit, you know? $40? And shit, and, and I'm so, and, I, and also, it comes with knowing how to shop. Like, fuck, it's a fucking Marshalls right across the parking lot from where I live. I be in that bitch all the time. I go get fucking, I be finding fucking yeah, There's a will, there's a way. Like, if you know what you like, I'm pretty sure you ain't got to pay full price for shit these days. You can always find a way. You can get your ass on the parking lot. I never pay full price for anything. Any label you see me in, I never pay full price. I guarantee, and I mean, because I know I'm drunk, and I know I'm feeling myself. My upgraded engagement ring. I'm not even going to say how many carries it is. It's excessive. It's fucking big. I don't know where my husband got it from. Do I ask? No. Did I get it checked to make sure it was real? I did. And that's it. I know he ain't paid a full market price for that fucking diamond. I know he didn't. I'm not stupid. But I know that he worked away, maybe found a guy, you know, went to a Hey, fuck! If you went to a pawn shop to find a five carry diamond, I'm okay. It, it, right. it, 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 don't get a fuck. I'll get a fuck. Cause let me tell you something right now. If the shit is good quality and you feel good in it, fuck everybody else. If it look good, it feel good. Fuck them. I don't do that shit. Cause you know what? And I, I need to make it about race. But there are so many people of other ethnicities that be rocking fugazi shit, and we don't even question it. I know that too. And all of this being said, like people concerned about, you know, how shit is appearing and how much money you spending on shit, that all kind of goes back to what I was saying about that whole social media shit. Like people are so concerned about validation from other people. Fuck all that. Yeah, you may see me in this shirt, this Versace t shirt, but shit, I might find that shit at TJ Maxx for fucking. $45. $45. You know what I'm saying? I, you just, like I said, you got to know how to shop, but at the end of the day, I'm not worried about that. I'm not seeking validation from anybody, and I feel like our society has come to that, 
and social media has definitely played a huge part in it. Absolutely. You know what I mean? You know, people, and uh, actually my cousin did a post actually this morning today about social media depression, about how people, you know, you're so focused and worried about, because like basically what he said was, and it was very true, is that what people post on social media is their highlight reel. So you check for somebody else mm-hmm. and they post in the car and they post this, but you don't know what they did or what they went through to get to that point. You have no fucking clue. If that bitch out here, exactly, but you don't know that bitch in Louboutins and shit and she wearing a, uh, the Fendi t-shirt with the Fendi boots and the Fendi drawers and the Fendi bag and the Fendi, which I hate. But if you see that shit, but you don't know she had to suck and fuck an 80 year old man to get that shit. You don't know. You ain't got a clue. So exactly. if you run your own race, and that's once again, back to what my father said, buy the best your money can buy you're okay with that have pride in what you have have pride in what you've done and run your own race that's all you got to do fuck that shit like i feel away because i mean take it from the fact that i live in one of the most expensive cities on the planet but i have so many of my mm-hmm. peers that are, they, they own homes and shit and i'm like damn i ain't got a house i'm in this little you know two-bedroom apartment but at the same time you know my rent is a goddamn disgrace how expensive it is to where I live. I don't miss that shit at all. Let me tell you about San Diego. I found a, I'm sorry, it was a 473 square foot home. It was two blocks from where I live. Their asking price was for a fucking 800 square feet basically and 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 i'm 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 originally from indiana so the hoosier in me i'm like i'm not allowing this shit i can't imagine paying that much money and i ain't got a fucking front yard i don't have grass i don't have i don't have an acre or two so i'm like you know what i'm the point where in my mind i will fucking own property in another fucking county somewhere and just rent where i live and call it a fucking day fuck y'all Right. I need to hit right. So, <laughs> doing the lease, number six. Number five, entitlement. Entitlement is when they think it's you owe them something. You gotta be there. You gotta come here because it's me and it's us and this is what it is. And that's that shit I, I can't fucking stand. It's because we're friends. You're not entitled to my time or to my attention and to my energy. And a lot of people, they feel entitled to that shit. Or just because I've known you for such a, a, a long time that I'm automatically supposed to do things. That ain't how this work after 30. I always say this consistently and I want all my listeners to get this shit. Friendship is a verb after 30. In a noun, in an adjective, it's an action word. You have to be a friend. You have to act like a friend. And if you're a friend to me, then damn it, I'm going to be a friend to you. But if you're not a friend to me, then I can't be a friend to you. You don't automatically get my friendship just because I've known you for 20 years. Just because we used to have sleepovers in middle school, that automatically don't make us friends. Exactly. Okay, so let me, so the whole entitlement thing, I don't think I've, the only thing I can honestly or that comes to my mind at the moment would be like fun time. I feel like friends, and because I live in Chicago and I'm, you know, I don't really have like my best friends Mm -hmm. here and things like that. Um, a lot of my friends call me and they expect me to talk to them. Yeah. Like when they call and things like that. And if I don't, it's like, oh, well, why don't you answer my phone call? And you know, 
shit like that. And I'm like, well, damn, I'm busy. Or either, like, I'm just chilling at the house. And let me put a pause to this real quick. Because, and Jace, forgive me if I'm overstepping my bounds, but you are a young black homosexual male. Is that not correct? Okay. So in my past episodes, when I've talked about friendships, the one thing I've always said in describing certain things is that I didn't speak for anything LGBTQ related is because that shit is so nuanced and carpenalized. 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 It's a different ballgame. It really is. It, it's it's something that's just like, it's a level that a lot of people who aren't in the community, they would never get. Like, and I can speak to it because I've been of the community. I'm like a second generation of the community. I am. Because my mom was a hairstylist in San Francisco in the 80s. Like, second generation. So I get the shit. And I know that it's a different type of need and a different type of bond. Because a lot of people that you're friends with, they don't have a lot of close friends. And they don't have a lot of family. They don't have a lot of people they can actually call to be there for them. So when you're there, bitch, you fucking there. You're the only one. So if they expect for you to, when they right. call, they expect for you to be there on the fucking phone for three hours if that's what it takes. And it could be something as minor as a motherfucking hangnail. They need you to be there. Because guess what? They don't have nobody right. else to text or talk to throughout the day. So I understand that. But I know a lot of my listeners, they don't get that. When you lose everything, because even though it's 2019, a lot of people, they lose their friends, their family. or Even if they don't lose their family, they may lose a friend or two. Or they may even still feel it because it came out. You mean, my best friend, well, bitch, anyway. I'm, I'm <laughs> up. My best friend, when he came out, quote unquote came out because I wasn't surprised. We all knew he was gay. We knew he was gay off the rip. I knew he was my first kiss. And when he and when I kissed him, he wiped his mouth. And I was like, this is weird. And I was like seven. So he didn't necessarily <laughs> come out, but you still feel a way though. Even though everybody may be still the exact same as they've always been, you still feel different. So I've always actively been there for him, but All right, cool. Let's keep it. Let's keep it raw. Let's keep it on BB style. He ain't been a good fucking friend to me at all. Okay. Is it because he has his own gay shit? In a way, because you know how you know how boys are the ones who just need love and they following <laughs> dick pigs everywhere. That's him. Yes, boo, oh, yeah. you a goddamn yeah. dick pig. Call me if you ever listen to this because you don't fucking support. How about that? <laughs> but it's you know what honestly I have never gone through I have three gay friends and one of them now I'm currently going through something with who I've you know I've kind of touched on a little bit I'm going through something with him but um, I've never 95% of my friends are actually heterosexual men I hang out with a couple females. I don't really do a lot of females, you know, because it's a lot of drama associated with it, which I'm oh sure God. you could attest to that. But also, it, it, when you look in the, like, people that I have dealt with that were gay and I attempted to be friends with them, it usually ended up in a lot of drama. So I kind of, I kind of steer away from that. So I really don't have those kind of 
experiences to even talk about I do. as far as dealing with some gay man there, you know, as far as me being a part of the community or whatever, to where I can even get into that. Because I, I personally haven't experienced that. I, I can. Fuck shit. It's awesome. As far and especially as far as like someone being disowned. Well, you know, the thing is that like you know, and and kind of depending on me. Like I have uh, my had closest it. friends, they haven't had be the disownership, but as far as my best friend, he felt away after he came out. He felt away. Like no one treated him different, more specifically because we all knew he was gay. We we knew off the fucking rip. Like when I told my dad, I said, Hey, you know, he came out and he was like, came out of fucking what? And I was like, exactly so we knew he was gay but he felt a way about it and i'm not going to speak to anyone's personal experience and what they have to go through to be able to say hey this is who i am even though they don't realize we fucking knew but when i'm talking about someone that i've known for decades and has been there for me in a lot of my tough times and once again and this is going to be for everyone just because you've known someone for so long you don't have to hold on to that shit Go off, go off of what they're telling you. So his entitlement, like he'll, he'll, you know, if I put a post on social media, he'll say, oh, well, best friend, you know, I'm in there. And I'm like, you don't get to be this shit. Like when I got married, he was talking about, yeah, I'm about to be there and best man. I said, no, you're not. Cause you, you don't, just, you are entitled because I've known you so long and we've had best friends experiences that you get to be there, but you're not my best friend now. My best friend now has been consistently my best friend since I've met this girl. You haven't been consistent. You, you're not old that. And I want everyone who's listening to understand that you have, don't know about, ain't nobody owes shit in this world except for taxes and death. And if you're black, you're going to stay black. If you're white, you're going to stay white. If you're brown, you're going to stay brown. That's all you owe. So own that shit. So that entitlement shit is a fucking problem. Especially, like I said before, when you've been friends with someone for so long, they automatically expect certain things. You expect that, you expect right. so, so I'm going to just automatically invite you to some place because of what we've had, but I haven't heard from you in weeks, in months. You don't ever text me or call me and say how I'm doing. Fuck you. Okay, right. boom. Number four, no motivation. So oh, I, wow. I, I am going to take a leap of faith here and get a little risque and assume because of you graduating from law school, you've obtained some moderate success for yourself. So am I out mm-hmm. of place for assuming that some of the counterparts you've grown up with has not had the same motivation as you? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and <laughs> And I'm just being real. I had so many friends in high school and, you know, just growing up, period. I had that, you know, like once I went to law school, I feel like a lot of my friends kind of disappeared or that just even changed the dynamic of our friendship, you know? And once I graduated and, you know, and I'm living my life now. Like I said, I'm not practicing law or anything like that now, but just the well, knowledge but, but that see, I have. Law school puts you in a different mindset that just you, the way you think. But the best part about that is that you went through the path of practice. You, you've trained to practice law and you've made the cognizant decision to say, you know what, this ain't for me. That's a different whole ball game. If you say, you know, yeah, I graduated from law school. I did that shit. I did the bar. I did all that shit. But you know, this ain't for me. 
that's a different ball game. Right. And honestly, like there's so many attorneys and, and this is for everybody listening. Just because you go to law school doesn't mean that you're going to go mm-hmm. to a law office. There's so many attorneys that are like human resources managers. They're actually one of my good friends now that I um, that graduated from law school. He um, is working at Chase. Bank, are you like, fucking kidding me? Department. <laughs> you know, yeah, you like you don't need it, it's just extra education. Unless you specifically want to go into like practicing law and you know all of that shit, but mo- a lot of people don't do it because they realize that it's not for them. And to this day, I've talked to so many people that I went to law school with who are actually practicing law that I was friends with. I have only found one person out of, and I can say about twenty people, only one person is happy in their jobs or with with their job. Everybody mm. else is miserable. Mm. Miserable. And they and they look at me on social media and like see what I'm doing and you know, I tell them what's what I have going on and stuff like that. And they're like, damn, we're, like, we're you really living your life. Shit. And you really think LaRoe slippers and shit. <laughs> huh? Right. You on vacation, you only work a couple days a week and you know, shit like that. That's what they say to me. And damn, you looking so happy and I'm here, I'm sitting here working 80 hours a week, I can't even maintain mm. a relationship. Because I'm always fucking working and I, or I'm stressed out. Or, you know, once I get off work, I don't feel like mm. anyone dealing with anyone. So. Hold on, what was the, hold on, because, hold on, what was the, uh, the, the topic on, what, no motivation. We're number, we're number four. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no motivation. So, back to that. There's a lot of friends that I had to cut off over the years just because, like you said, I've gone to law school and all of that. So it literally changed the mm-hmm. way that I think. And I literally have nothing in common with a lot of these something. that are friends because they're so comfortable and content with what they're doing. We have nothing to, to fucking talk about. And there's no motivation for them a lot of the times to move forward. To me, the great them. cleansing that what I call it that I did was the age of 19 was when I went to my sophomore year of undergrad. And a lot of my friends from high school, middle school, they didn't do shit. They didn't go off. They didn't do anything. They didn't develop. And we just we were just on a different level. Like I'm out here working to be and not to say that just because you go off to college, it makes you better. But what my mom always tells me is university is that in the word. It's the universe. You're out here putting different ideas in your head, not just from the level of education, but just with people. It's in a different environment. So when you go home and ain't nobody, you meet, you have someone who hasn't done that. They still doing the shit they were doing five years ago. They still want to the same places, with the same people. Y'all on a different playing field. And you think it's not going to change? And that was the hardest fucking thing I had to realize. The people that I realized that were like my aces and this and that. But yeah, when I talk about, you know, they can't and all that extra shit, you don't even fucking get it. You can't even get on the same page and, and, and you don't want to. Or if I say, let's be adventurous and let's go to the city or let's take a road trip three hours east and see what's going on. And you don't want to go. To do, what you, to do what you've always done, but I'm, a, I'm at a different level right now. And I can say no to motivation right. that you, when I say motivation, motivation doesn't end with a dollar sign on it. 
It doesn't. Motivation is a, is within yourself. You can still be exactly. It's a thought. You, you can still yeah. be born and raised it's in the same city and, and be there your entire life and still be doing well for yourself and be good. You can be motivated to be the best you you could be, but if you're not motivated to be better at all in any way, shape, or form, bitch, I ain't fucking with you. You out here on your on your third baby daddy. And you ain't got no job. You ain't doing shit. You don't have motivation to be better at all. And that's not even specific to women. But if you're, you know, shit, you out here with your raggedy ass wife and y'all smoking Newports and eat and drinking Mountain Dew for breakfast and shit. Like, no, I'm good. Because who you are around, that affects you. You don't see a fucking CEO of a company kicking it with a crackhead. You never see that shit. Unless the CEO is a crackhead. And then if they are, that company's going to fold really quickly. Yeah, and that's and and that goes to say that like people generally when you cut people off or when it's time to cut somebody off is when you generally don't have anything in common as far as where you are mentally and that person isn't bringing that type of energy that inspires mm, you to do better. So we're gonna go to number three: no loyalty. No loyalty is going to go to number, it's going to tie into number eight, which is your friend being, you know, a dog to their significant other. If you're not loyal to me, then they ain't shit. Like, that's one of those things. Those number three to me is that's, that's, that's it. If you, if there's no loyalty, there is, there is no friendship. I need to know you are going to be there for me when I need you. And that's fucking it. Loyalty is key. It's the basis. It, it's the base to any relationship in your life. Friendship, significant other, someone who's your family, whatever. If there's no loyalty, there is nothing. I don't think there's loyalty, loyalty, loyalty. So that's just it. (laughs) Number two, reliability. Bitch, if you can't be there when I call you, or if you tell me you're going to be there at two and I show up and it's 245 and you still ain't there, that's just tacky. And that's a character flaw. Because people who aren't reliable are normally late and them motherfuckers are normally unemployed. <laughs> I, can't, I can't talk to someone who's unreliable. Like, you gotta be there. Like, especially the older you get, the higher the stakes are. So the stakes are so high that if I need you when I need you, and you, like, I mean, thank God I'm doing well for myself, but if I wasn't, or, or something happened where we both lost our jobs, or, or my husband got really sick, and I needed, you know, three thousand dollars from a friend, and you say, okay, well, my I said my rent's due on the first, and they give me to the fifteenth, and the fifteenth come and you ain't around, right? Fuck it, right? So, right. number two, reliability. Number one is jealousy. Let me go Ooh. ahead. We're gonna take a, we're gonna take a pause. Ooh. I'm gonna get me some more ice for this, and then and I need to. I need we're to gonna unpack jealousy, so. and then when it is to walk away, and then we'll wrap up the podcast. So one moment, folks. So you're ready to get into the culture? Absolutely. Let's get it. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so I wanted to unpack this Wendy Williams drama. Now, I'm pretty sure the majority of you all... Miss Wendy, let's go. I'm pretty pretty sure the majority of you all who are listening to to the podcast are aware of who she is and what she's going through. Now, for those who don't, and I don't know fucking why you don't, but she's had her syndicated talk show since about 2008. 
But before that, she was a radio host in New York since 89. And her claim to fame wasn't just the topics or the people she interviewed, but it was in the manner of what she chose to address it. So you think she's shady now? Like, this is Disney Wendy in, compo- in compared to what she was in the 90s. Like, it wasn't cute, fun shade. It was like nasty shade. It was like, like the, I'm, a, I'm a bit shady, but I'm shady, but I keep it fun. I keep it witty. I keep it entertaining without being mean and nasty. Like, she was mean, nasty, fucking ruthless. Like, and I'm pretty sure you're aware with how she conducted her radio interviews, right, Jace? Absolutely, man. Like, shit, y'all think the shade room is something. Like, Wendy back in her radio days, I mean, shit, the first thing that comes to my mind is that legendary interview that she did with the icon herself, rest in peace, to Whitney Houston. Let me go ahead with that. Let me go ahead and play a clip. Hold on, wait a minute. So they can get they can get an idea. So, so Whitney, as, as far as you stand with drug use, is there drug use going on at this present time? Who are you talking to? To you, Whitney. You. No, you're not talking to me. I'm a mother. Only my mother has previous information. You talk to your child about that. Don't ask me no questions like I'm a child. You talk to your baby about us, but, but she gonna be uh, confronting what she gotta deal with. And uh, and don't and, ask me like I'm a child. I'm not a child, Wendy. My child is a little boy, and I will talk to him. Yeah, about that. But listen, Whitney, I, I I will talk to my son about drugs because I have been where the world speculates where you are, which is uh, I was a full blown cocaine addict. So I, I, not mine. Move on. Well, you know that was my problem, Whitney. And no, I I managed. Thank God, because I have a good man. And, and so thank- do you? Do you? Do you have a good man? Because bitch, look at where you at now. So you know what. Sometimes the universe gives you gold. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so basically, so her whole conglomerate that she's amassed, all of this was with her husband by her side. And as you just heard, she was a rider for her man. Now, not, not only lo and behold, was her husband been cheating on her for years with the same woman, but he's also been showering the same woman with lavish gifts. And I mean fucking lavish. Not talking about a random Michael Kors bag or a Louis Vuitton bag, RT bag. Just talking about Lamborghinis and shit. And And homes, real estate, all of that. You want to know what her husband does for a living? Well, of course, you guess what he does. He worked for her. He was her producer on her show. So, we said number one is jealousy, right? Motherfucking jealousy. That green-eyed monster that sits on people's shoulders. What about about podcasts? Because you can get, you you can understand and listen to the general progression from, like, normal black excellent civility right. to <laughs> motherfucking jealousy. Right. <laughs> exactly. Mm. Before we get started. Oh my God, that's, that's so fucking strong. Shit. Before we get started, you can attest to you feel good, you feel light, you're feeling the cocktail, but you're not sloppy drunk. And how many cocktails have you had? This is my fourth one since 
No, I have one before we started recording, and then this is my third one since we've been recording. And you sound great. So this is this is the importance of a good spirit, fresh ingredients, the right shit. This is the right way to do it. Exactly, because if you're drinking some bullshit, your ass will be sloppy. You know what I mean? <laughs> and, and that's the shit to put you out. All day. You out here looking foolish. So, come on. Let's, let's, what, what's this, jealousy? Man, you ready for it? So here's the thing, and, and, I, and I want to be so candid about this is because no one wants to admit that someone they know and love is envious of them. Not envious, because envious is you know envy can drive dri- can drive you to being competitive, and that's fine. But no one wants to admit that someone they know and love is jealous of them. And and, and, I, and I've had to me, I've had to come to that conclusion and realization in my life. Where I'm regular than a motherfucker. I ain't the shortest. I ain't the skinniest because I'm tall. I'm a big bitch. But I ain't the skinniest. I ain't light skin. I ain't got all that extra. I ain't long hair. But it's like to 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 even think about someone being jealous of me and what I have, and then feeling away or acting away towards me because of what I've done. It's foreign, and a lot of regular people can't even understand that concept, especially when it comes to someone that you know and love. Like how? Why you jealous of me? I ain't got shit. Like what? What? What have I done to make right. you? Jealous? I'm just trying to be better, you know. Exactly. And, and, and a lot of people that I've talked to, when they like one of, uh, I have a family member who their who who their sibling is acting different, and I was like, "Well, girl, you've moved to San Diego from your small town. That alone can bring on envy." Yeah, that'll shatter a lot of girls, you know, <laughs> shatter a lot of bitches. Living your best life, you out here striving and moving along. And I have to tell her, I was like, you know, not everyone's going to be really happy for you. People going to be real different after you. When you, once you start getting better, and this is this is a, be, a really a good bar for everyone who is listening. Once you do something to accomplish, once you accomplish something, excuse me, once you do something to better yourself, if someone's acting different, that's fucking jealousy. Like, Jace, let me know, let me let me ask you this: When you graduated from law school while being in fucking San Diego, California, did anyone act different towards you? Yeah, actually, and I, I mentioned it earlier. Like, once I actually went to law school, I noticed a change in a lot of people's uh, behaviors and conversations and and shit, lack of communication and all of that, and that let me let me know at the time that they weren't my friend and they weren't genuinely happy for me but those people that were genuinely happy for me consistently checked on me consistently asked me if I needed anything while I was there because I wasn't working at that time you know and I was I mean once you get to law you're grown as hell you know what I'm saying so there were certain people that I talked to every single day prior to law school Mm -hmm. that you know, didn't even contact me, you know, not so far into law school. So after the graduation, by that point, I had already read all those people, you know, so yeah, and honestly, and I and I kind of experienced it, like even now, like, like when I moved first moved to Chicago, I was looking for jobs and things like that. And, and I was like, hey, maybe, you know, I'll just, you know, do a legal job or something for a little bit of time until I you know, get my, my food shit together, you know, on that end. And it was people that were in positions that were literally 
saying, oh, no, we're not going to, we can't hire you because of this, because you don't have this type of experience, you know, and I'm like, bitch, you're sitting here with a fucking bachelor's degree. (laughs) How are you going to tell me what I'm qualified to do? And I have a doctorate degree. Are you kidding me? But as far as like personal shit, not my close, close friends and my family, I can't say no, but I did definitely see a change in people who I didn't necessarily consider close friends. But honestly, like for me personally, it was just. But that's just regarding law school. Let me. And for me, was it was even professionally. It was me when I moved to California. It was a different vibe because I like when I when when, when the I, when the opportunity when the situation presented itself that I was going to move. I was like, yeah, I'm moving to California. I'm moving to San Diego. And a lot of people were just like, eh. <laughs> matter of fact, you know what? Let me even break it down even more basic. Because a lot of my listeners, a lot of people don't move across the fucking country for shit. And, and that's not a dig. That's just like, that's just life. Let me tell you something. I was friend with a motherfucker. And we have bartended together. And for those who are new to the podcast, one of what really sparked my passion behind cocktails is I did bartend after undergrad. And... I met someone who bartended with me and we became very close. You know, we both from, from Indiana. We bartended at different bars in Chicago and South suburbs, hood, hood life, South suburbs of Illinois. And we were kind of on the same level. You know, we both lived at home. We both bartended, whatever. But, you know, me having at that point, a, a, you know, a bachelor's degree, I was like, this is, I can do better than this. So when I got first got my real job, you know, after six months, I got my first real apartment by myself. Two bedroom, a thousand square feet, seven hundred and seventy five dollars a month. I would die. <laughs> right, <laughs> bitch. Let where? <laughs> That's <laughs> where. <laughs> Motherfucking Crown Point, Indiana. Let me tell you something. Right now. I'm paying two thousand dollars more. Let me let me not do that. I am paying a, I'm paying a lot more now for that for less. But at that moment, thousand square feet, and that's what I was doing. And that was my first real adult apartment. It was my first real, like, I'm getting a salary. This is my life now apartment. So I, I put my energy and love into it. Right. And the thing I did was I started to paint and decorate. And so a lot of my friends at the time, I reached out to say, hey, help me do this, help me do that. And a lot of my friends fucking showed up. Like, I can pull out a laundry list of the people that like, were fucking there, you know, went with me to pick up furniture. I had a 150-pound marble coffee table that one of my homeboys wanted me to pick up. Like, people were there for me. But this one person who I consider my friend, who I just met, you know, the last year, so they didn't help with shit. They didn't come help paint. They didn't come help pick out dishes. They didn't do shit. Now, I granted, I give it to them because they did give me some crate and barrel wine glasses. And for those who don't know, a crate and barrel wine glass costs $20 a glass. So I give it to them. It came with some wine glasses. When they walked in, they said, ooh, your living room was red. I don't like that. Ooh, you put mirrors here. I don't like that. Ooh, you put these lamps here. I don't know why you did that. I mean, that's kind of tacky, but. Toxicity, doing the most. Doing the least. Doing the least. Doing the least. (laughs) No loyalty. And mind you, this person was about 10 years older than me. So about this time, I was probably like 25, 24. This person was 34. And they were still living at home. 
So no motivation. Oh, like like check it out, check it out, look it out, check it out. No, no, no reliability because I've asked you to come over and help me decorate X, Y, and Z, and you were never there throughout the process. And so I get you here, and you're complaining and you're criticizing and being shady to everything that I put into it. And I'm looking at you like, and after the sixth insult about my little place, and let me tell you something right now. Once I actually upload this podcast, I will post pictures of my little fucking funky ass little apartment. That shit was cute as fuck. I went and I paid sixty dollars a can for that nice ass bare red paint. <laughs> that good shit. I, I you know, I, I no, I feel great for my fucking place. And for you to sit here and just like look down on it, and you weren't here to help, you didn't here to give energy. Like I, I looked at the person. I was like, are you serious? And like. After the fifth or sixth insult, because my bathroom, I had, um, I painted it yellow and white because I wanted my bathroom to be bright to wake me up in the morning. And I had like pictures in there and shit. And they were like, I mean, who paints their bathroom? And I said, look, motherfucker, when you move out your mama house, let me know. And I'll be there. Until right. you, you can leave. And after that, the dynamics of our friendship changed because you weren't there for me. Like you said, Doing the and you think that came from just a jealous spirit of not having their own space. You know what? When I when I met this person, I was at a certain level. I don't think they realized that. You know what? No, bitch. I got my degree though. Like yeah, we're both bartending and breaking our backs to get these pennies and shit. But I have my degree and I have drive and have a good support system. So this ain't it for me. I'm gonna be here for like thirty seconds. And little did they know I was there for 20 seconds and I got the fuck out of there and moved the fuck on. But they weren't like, yeah, you know, girl, you got this shit. Congratulations. They was like, so why you do why you doing like this? And that was my first real experience of what jealousy was. Because you, like I said, if you're a regular humble person about your own life and not worry about the next motherfucker, you don't realize that people are jealous of you just by what you do. The fact that you got up in the morning and brushed your teeth and exfoliated, they hate. Oh, you can't wash your face regular? No, bitch, I gotta get the dead skin cells off. I'm exfoliating. What the fuck you want me to do? And let me let me say this, because, I'm, I mean, I do relate to a lot of these topics here. <laughs> Guess what? I, I know you do. <laughs> and, but I want to say that, and I don't know, this may be the Scorpio in me, or you know, whatever. You a Scorpio? Yeah, I'm November 12th. Let's cut the recording. Cut it. <laughs> no, but, but you know, like I do have a hard time like trusting. Even November Scorpio, so I'll give it to you because October. I'm sorry, Keila. October Scorpios are challenging, to say the least. Shit, I find the November Scorpios to be challenging, even as friends. You know, hmm. my best friend is a Scorpio. We're born seven days apart, and he's challenging. <laughs> you know that. Actually, I heard this shit with my cousin one time we were on the radio. We were like 15 years old as it came on the radio. That Scorpios and Aquariuses are the most difficult signs to have get together and to get along. Oh, really? Never heard that. I heard that because like when we heard it, I looked at her and I was like, this is why we fight every two days. <laughs> this is why we have to be saturated because something about what I do and what you do just don't... First of all, I'm sorry, but look, I love me some Jesus, but your sign, the way this universe is designed, that shit's fucking real. Don't downplay that shit. Don't not not play into the signs and not play into the universe. How someone is and how someone's born, it's predetermined. 
It is. So just gonna get that out of the way. Go ahead. Damn, what was I saying? I don't know. Jealousy, your best friend. Oh, November, my Scorpio. Oh, 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 I know what I was saying. I was saying, um, right maybe the Scorpio in me, but I don't have a lot of people that I consider friends. And I don't know, maybe that could be another topic for another like uh, real podcast. Life. But I don't have a lot of people that I consider friends because I'm so big on my trust and and all of these topics that you listed. So I'm so quick to cut somebody off. Mm. I only have a handful of people that I actually consider friends. You know what? I'm very surprised because when I met you, you were so open and sweet and just, and even the second. I mean, I'm still open and sweet. Don't get it twisted. No, I mean, <laughs> like, maybe because I'm like, I'm the type where I'm like, if I'm not feeling you, fuck you. But I'm like, even the second time we hung out, we went to dinner that one night and we hung out and uh-huh. you never giving me vibes where you're like, I right, pause, bitch. Like, if I texted you or comment or message you, you've always been like super dope and cool and receptive to it. Like, Maybe because, like, me, I'm like, if I ain't fucking with you, you gonna fucking know. So I never knew you were just like, like, no, 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 Well, see, I'm the opposite. And like I said, that may be the Scorpio on me. I'm loyal to a fault, and I, I'm, I'm, I'm cool with the person that I meet walking down the street. But until that motherfucker crosses me, I won't fuck with you. And that's yeah. what I've what I've learned, you know, through all of my years in life. Only 33 of them. <laughs> but I've learned to kind of keep people at a distance, you know, and not fully give them all of my trust. But you can't do that at, at our age anyway. Like you, exactly. It's gotten worse since I turned, you know, late 20s, 30, basically 30. Once I got to yeah. 30, I, I realized, okay, like, bitch, I see this quality trait in you that I don't fuck with. So we, you know, we're going to keep this a professional working relationship. Exactly. You but know, that, no, it's not after hour cocktails with you, bitch. You know, no, not with you, bitch, bitch. Not with you. Not right. with you. No, you're not coming to my house from a dinner party. No. You know. Can we stop? Can we take a pause? Can we stop letting people into our circles that just aren't worthy? It's okay to be discriminative. It's okay. Like mm-hmm. I let nobody into my motherfucking house if I ain't fucking with you. You ain't in my car. You ain't in my life. You ain't in my energy. You ain't in my fucking circle. Exactly. I, like you didn't eat at the Last Supper. Look that shit up. I'm not, I'm not breaking bread with you if I don't fuck with you. Exactly. Like, we have to stop giving our energy, because like, and people think I'm like, whatever the fuck, fuck it, fuck it. But vibrational frequency is real. You can't be sharing your space and energy with people. With- All right, you went out on me. Damn, we've been doing good. <laughs> no, I don't okay, even... Now I, hold on, now I hear you. Okay, go ahead. I don't even sit with someone or sit next to someone if if I'm not feeling it. If it's weird, I feel weird. Like, fuck you. Whether it be work, personal life, my in-laws, whatever the fuck. If I'm not feeling that shit, I'm not feeling that shit. And you got to keep riding with that. That's what it is, what it is. I feel you, definitely. So, that brings it to the fucking finale. When to fucking walk. Wait, already? When to walk away from a friendship. That's the final, that's the finale of the topic. When, when oh, do you want? Gotcha. So, but here's the thing: the top ten that we did list, 
there are some things that you can actually fucking work with. You know, someone doing the least, someone being a little bit entitled, entitled, excuse me, someone, you know, doing the most. There are certain things you can work with and you can like challenge your friend to get better at to reach your level or do better for themselves. And you can be friends with them and it can be beneficial to you both. But there are some points you got to fucking be like, you know what, bitch, I'm not with it. And yes, everybody called it. Everybody's called their friend a bitch. Fuck you, whatever. But there's got to be a point where you got to be like, you know what? No, I can't do it no more. And we've all been there. Once again, no matter what your ethnicity, no matter what your gender, no matter what your sexuality is, we've all been there to where you've seen a situation with a friend and you're like, you know what? I have to walk away. And it's not been easy. Like, let me tell you something right now. Ending a friendship is, fuck y'all if y'all think I'm being melodramatic, but it's 110 times worse and more difficult than ending a relationship. Because your friends, your friends are all you have. You yeah, got absolutely. Because like I, I, I saw this. I used to watch Mysteries of the Bible on the History Channel, and Rabbi David Wolf said that families are God's way of forcing you to get along with people that you normally wouldn't get along with. Because our friends, we, we choose our friends. They're our family that we choose. So your actual biological family is God's way of forcing you to get along with someone that you didn't choose. But our actual friends, we've chosen you. We want you. I chose you to be here with me. And now when it don't work out, I have to choose to cut you off. That's way more difficult than anything else. And more importantly, like there are certain things you don't take your significant other. You haven't been with your significant other through all these different things. So when you don't, when that shit don't work out, that's just what that's just 10 times harder. Let me tell you, my best friend and I and I shouted her out earlier, April Nicole. And she oh, I love her. Fucking shout out to April. I love her. April stands for you so fucking hard. I fucking you know, love her. She she, 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 she goes, oh, I love him. And I'm like, yes, my home. Yes. She, <laughs> she lives for you. She totally does. But like, I I met her in the fourth grade. Four fucking great. I met her. She came up to me and was like, you know, I know you're new to the school, so I know you need a crew to hang out with. You can just hang out with us. Like that's <laughs> that's my fucking ace. And we've hit, we've hit like you know, the young girl bullshit, you know, adolescent bullshit, which don't count, whatever. Right. But, but post adolescence, we've had moments where it didn't work out, where it was almost the end. And we've gone days and weeks without talking to each other. And that was the, let me tell you something. I, I fucked men and, and let them go. And that shit didn't hurt harder than when that girl wasn't texting me every day. Mm-hmm. When you, when you, and, and, that, and once again, this is not specific to a general sexuality. When you have someone who's there for you and you know that that's your ace. And when they're not there for whatever reason, that shit hits different. So when her and I, when we, and 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 I and I know she 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 be I. Right. I'm like I'm gonna keep it 100. She was in a really bad place, so when she came out to visit me the first time I went to San Diego because we went complete opposite sides of the country. She went to the East Coast, I went to the West Coast, and when I came out here. She came out to visit me the first time. She wasn't positive at all, but she was in a bad place, and it wasn't a good experience at all. And we like decided that we gotta. We gotta separate, but that shit was fucking hard. 
Like, I ain't never had a fucking bitch affect me like that. Like, I was out here looking at my phone, and I was looking at this bitch posting quinoa and shit, she ain't text me. Like, that, like I was in a way. And that <laughs> shit hit. Can't hear you still. And that, and, and that is what it is. Like, the fact that she was able to come back and we were able to regroup and get better, that's 110%. Like, that's on her. But when someone's in a bad place, you have to be able to know, like, you know what? I'm going to leave you where you at right now. Because I can't, I can't get down with this bullshit. I can't. And that kind of ties up the whole topic that we've been talking about when to leave a, a friendship and it, and it doesn't necessarily mean that it has to be permanent mm-hmm. you know, it, it can definitely be temporary because of the space that you are in or either that friend is in you know so I, I definitely understand that but sometimes it is permanent. sometimes someone is still is so stuck doing the neutron dance or whatever the fuck you have to leave them where they are if every time you talk to them, they make you feel worse, if they're never there for you, if they're saying slick shit or sly shit and nothing's ever, pro- you know, productive, then you got to realize, you know what? I've known you for 15, 20 years, but you don't make me a better person. I got to leave you where you at. And that's OK. Just because there was a time stamp on when you met someone, that don't mean you have to still be friends with them. And 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 I think that's so specific to the culture because we're so we're so conditioned about loyalty. Mm-hmm. We're so conditioned, like, well, you know, you perfect example with my best friend when he came out. <laughs> when he fucking came out, the first thing my father asked was like, you know, well, you've known him for a real long time. I mean, he he assumed that, you know, my brother and I would feel away, but he was like, you've known him for so long. That was his natural reaction, is that because we've known someone right. for so long that... That you're, you're expected to remain... Exactly. You know, you're supposed to maintain that level of exactly. you know, friendship and, 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 and that bullshit. And I tell people that that timestamp means dick and balls. It's nothing. It doesn't even go to friends. Like that shit goes to family too. Yeah, I may have known you since birth, but you do some bullshit to me, or you know, I mean, put me in a position to where I have to like really go in and let have on your ass, bitch. It could be a rap with you as well. You could be my motherfucking auntie. You know. And I've said this shit on 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 previous episodes. And if you want to know, go to at cocktails and culture underscore on Instagram. But I've said this shit before. Is that just because we have some strands of DNA that are similar don't mean we get a pass for some, for some fuckery. Exactly. Some <laughs> 100%. <laughs> no pass. Like, I'm sorry. We're not in Mississippi no more. Like, I don't owe you a, a damn thing. That's entitlement. Oh, well, you know, that's my cousin. And, bitch. Exactly. You out here on some bullshit. You out here talking. Let me tell you something right now. For those who don't know, I'm, I am a huge nerd. And by the time this podcast drops, I probably would have seen um, Avengers Endgame, but I'm like prepping for it. And the people who are actually trying to post spo- spoilers for Avengers is my brother and my cousin. And guess who I have to fucking unfollow on social media? My brother and my cousin. Fucking both. Fuck y'all. That's bullshit. I don't give a fuck. Why? Because of uh, Avengers spoilers? 
Hello? I I have been at this whole comic I'm sorry, I think I missed. I got I got confused. So no, it's you okay. said you unfollowed them because they post spoilers? Well, amongst other things. That was the last straw. But I've been at this whole comic book thing. Like I have comics on my nightstand. Like my husband, my 30th birthday, he had to go across the county of San Diego to buy me fucking like graphic novels. That's how I am. <laughs> and, and my family, my close people, they know that shit. They know how I am. So to have people like my brother threaten to post spoilers, well, you get an unfollow too. Fuck you. But anyway. Oh, I'm sorry. Hold on. Hold on. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. How many drinks are you in, sis? Five. <laughs> and, and I'm a liar, so seven. Means <laughs> <laughs> you started before me. Well, unless you just been throwing throwing them back, and I've just been sipping slowly. No, I've been, I've been, I've been. I know what Jen's about. Like you probably, you probably hit that first sip and was like, oh, this is delicious. Yeah, and that's where really? I'm at now. I'm, I'm, I, I got a good. Good, good buzz, and I definitely respect this liquor now. So, so, shout out to Bombay Sapphire, I definitely appreciate it. And to also, uh, I want to shout out Cocktails and Culture for fucking having me. I definitely appreciate it, and I've learned a lot about Jen just by listening to this podcast. And I, I'll let you do your ad and all that shit. But I, I go ahead and I'm on Spotify. Like Spotify is my shit. But if you haven't already subscribed to the channel, to the YouTube page, to the Instagram page, all of that, go ahead and do that shit now. Because she definitely puts you on to some new shit, especially regarding cocktails and all of the intricate details to increase your cleansing palate. So, can you hear me? I have celery bitters on deck. You have ce- like my best friend April. She sent me a bottle of celery bitters for my birthday. So why do you have celery celery bitters? Oh, why? Fuck! I was just I was just doing a whole shout out. My shit was out. No, you were good. You were good. Okay. But- but, but why do you have celery bitters? Like you have celery. I'm sitting there thinking like you have celery bitters on deck and no one has celery bitters but like me. And April's sent me. Hold on. And, and another, hold on, let me, let me, let me say this first. Another fucking bitter that I have is grapefruit. Grapefruit is my favorite. Grapefruit bitters and celery bitters are like my two favorite bitters. But the reason why I have the celery bitters is because, like I said earlier, I am an avid vodka drinker. I love Bloody Marys. And adding that extra couple of drops of that celery bitters definitely will change a whole Bloody Mary experience. So that's what I use that for. I made a celery gimlet. And this is for, this isn't even some bullshit. But I made a, have you had chartreuse yet? No, I have not. Okay, so I made a celery gimlet. And it's on at cocktails and culture underscore. So, Bombay Sapphire, white wine vinegar, simple syrup shit that you have, celery bitters, chartreuse, 
That shit will change your fucking. I will bathe in the fucking shit. It's so goddamn. Let's <laughs> say it's so fucking good. It's so. I feel you. So, but bitter is definitely is something that it will definitely add an extra kick to any cocktail that you are sipping. And like I said, the grapefruit bitters, even if like when I just do like a like a greyhound or you know a salty dog, which is pretty much vodka and fresh no, grapefruit. No, no, no. You can't do that. You can't say great a salty dog. You can't say any of that shit and gloss over because people don't know the name of the cocktails. So oh, okay, so, okay. So <laughs> a greyhound is pretty much vodka and grapefruit juice. Exactly. And a salty dog is vodka and grapefruit juice with a rim of salt. So it's a salty dog. But there you go. If you just splash just some of the grapefruit bitter bitters. See, I'm getting all tongue tied and shit. I am. You got me on some other shit. But <laughs> but you're welcome. I am. I, I'm. I'm feeling real good right now. But if just throwing a couple of uh, drops of the grateful bitters and they will fucking change the entire drink and that's the that's the point and that's going to be another episode i'm going to do about building it at home bars the accoutrement is the extra is bitters it ain't just engorged their orange bitters and regular bitters exactly like for old fashions and shit that's the only bitters that people are generally accustomed to you know and i hate to say that i'm dick sucking but april like the fact that she gave me that bottle of celery bitters i'm like bitch like I got a bottle of chocolate bitters because of her too, mm-hmm. you know, and, and this ties in once again, is that no one knows everything about everything. We all are just figuring this shit as we go along. And if you know somebody who knows something more than you, then fucking listen. Mm-hmm. That's it. Let me you on, on, on at cooking and cocktailing, go through that fucking shit. Figure that shit out. I thought I knew what bruschetta was. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, I fucking don't. <laughs> I mean, shit. this shit is tomatoes, basil, onion, garlic. I mean, it's and you can simply no, 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 no. that was like fucking um. What did you put in? That was like mango and shit. No, it was it was tomatoes. It was heirloom tomatoes, and which were yellow. Oh it was yellow tomatoes. And I'm sorry. See, once again. I don't know everything about everything. Got, exactly. And it's, it's, it's all a learning process. And that is my whole point about cooking and cocktailing is to try to put our culture onto some other shit. So, so when we go I, to restaurants and you see heirloom tomatoes topped with fresh mozzarella basil and a, a you know, a balsamic grape, you know exactly what that is. I honestly thought it was mango. I, I saw the basil, I saw the balsamic vinaigrette, the chicken, and the quinoa, because I love fucking quinoa. I eat that shit in lunch all the time. But I thought, okay, well, that's mango, but it's heirloom tomatoes. I, yeah. I didn't fucking know. Yep. Heirloom tomatoes. So, But see, those are the little things that I love about, and, and I'm not even a huge channel or anything like that. Um, but that, or even like my Instagram, like I don't, I don't even have that many followers. I only, I'm only about a thousand followers. But I'm just saying, like those are the little things like that to just even you. Like it makes me feel good because now you know where heirloom tomatoes are. They it comes in all different, different types of colors. You may see a purple tomato or, you know, a, Time green, out. a green and red tomato or a yellow tomato. Like let's post that. 
there are yellow and purple tomatoes, folks. Yeah. Don't be freaked out. It's not just green and red. Okay, keep going. Exactly. <laughs> but <laughs> but that's that's a, that's are just the little small things that I like about what I do and about who I am and about the content that I put out is I want to show people that there are other things outside of the no- the normal red tomatoes that you you know, just the Roma tomatoes or just like the vine tomatoes and shit that you see at the grocery store, you know, your typical go-to when you go to the store. Shit, there's a fucking yellow tomato over there that must that may have much more flavor and may add much more color to whatever dish that you're making for Bay or whoever. And it's going to make it look so much more better. So fresh herbs, fresh, you know, Fresh ingredient. I'm sorry, I'm ranting, but fuck no, all that. That's no. why I'm here. Because it's valid. Because that's what I do this. And, I, and, and you can see the passion coming out. You know what I mean? That, so we how do passionate this. I am about it. We do this for everything else, but at the end of the day, it's about cocktails. It's about fresh ingredients. It's about the it's about the food. It's about making our people better. And mm-hmm. I hate to, I don't want to ostracize anyone else, but we are raised not specifically. Let me tell you something. I was dating a guy when I was 17 years old and he called my family bougie because he came over for dinner and my mom, she made some grilled chicken, but she paired it with zucchini and squash. And he said zucchini and squash. I was bougie. Do you know how many times I get called bougie or how many, even my own brother, like I told you, I make that little uh, chicken bruschetta. Yeah, for them. For them. My brother calls me bougie. My brother and my sister law calls me bougie all the time because I'm like, <laughs> my, my so have, you, have, you, so have, elevated, you have you not heard the term, my term nipster, hashtag nigga hipster? <laughs> no, I have not. It's defensive. I get it. But it's it's very much true. Like this guy I was dating, he came over to my house for you know the first time for dinner. Mom, she you know like I said, she made grilled chicken and then she made zucchini squash in a spinach blend. And it was, I think it was some kale too. And he was like, you know, y'all niggas bougie. And I was like, what? He's like, yeah, I got zucchini. Like, no, no, nobody eats zucchini. And I was like, we do. Like it's not like she made artichoke parts. Like my, mom, my mom literally just cut up some zucchini squash, threw it into a pan with, with spinach, with olive oil, and sauteed it. And that was the jam. I grew up with fresh vegetables. Exactly. Like, they made me feel weird because my parents enjoyed fresh vegetables. So to anyone who look, fresh veggies, do your shit. Live your life. Period. And to call back to when it's time to walk away, if ladies, man, man, males, someone, <laughs> look, I'm fucking, I am fucking in that, I am in that motherfucking shit. <laughs> and someone makes you feel away off of the most basic shit. It's time to walk away. There's nothing wrong with realizing that your relationship isn't conducive to who you are. There's nothing wrong with that. It's the thing where and, and you know what? It's not even, and I'm sorry to cut you off. It's not even about being conducive. It's about also ele- elevation. Like, and that's and that's part of the reason why I'm single now is because I feel like 
every person. See, we we got to do another podcast because <laughs> I think we should. Like I, think we should. <laughs> I feel so down for it. We can we get into the whole relationship, but I, I, I just feel like I feel like I'm, the reason why I'm single is because I have not found anyone to be able to elevate me to another level mentally, spiritually, culturally, like anything. Like you know what I'm saying? And I'm and. Let me let me change that a lot. As a black woman, and I'm gonna get a I'm gonna get a motherfucking lot of hallelujahs on this shit. And shit, I'm even a more more of a minority. I'm a black gay man. Like, come on. We get we, we get so many moments where we find a man, no matter what his ethnicity is, and we try to snatch him into where we are. Because black women, you know, you came out the pussy. We we're, we're goddamn magic. We get that shit. We is that shit. We are that shit. And when you find a man, you snatch him and you have him come with you, but he ain't fucking coming with you. It's like, oh, shit. He ain't like, with- like literally or figuratively? Both. <laughs> the one thing I looked That's up That's the Bombay up, talking. <laughs> the one thing I looked up about was that my husband, he got that fucking shit. He, he tasted that Kool-Aid of black womanness and was like, oh, do, do people know this this shit exists? And I'm like, yeah, black woman is bang. And he was like, oh, you make me feel better. Like, my husband is actively, t- he looked me in the face and told me, swear to God, he said, if we don't work out, I would want to be with another black woman just to see if this is what you do. Like, the support and the, the encouragement and the food. He's like, I just want to, like, we bring something to it. And if, if you about that shit and about that life, they ain't going nowhere, but let they're so let, let me swear to God, Jace, we gotta do this shit next Baby, weekend. We got I'm 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 totally here for it. Definitely, we gotta do this shit again. And, and there's more topics that we could definitely go into <laughs> because we we have drugged this shit out. <laughs> we have drugged this shit out, and there's definitely more shit that we can talk about. So I'm definitely if you want me to, to be another guest, I'm definitely here for it. What we will say is that there are warning signs and a, consistently per the podcast, there are 10 warning signs that you have that are flares that go up to make you think like, you know what, maybe this friend that I've known for so long, they aren't the friend that I need. I need to walk away from that shit. So guess what? If someone isn't there for you, if they have no loyalty to you, if they're not doing the most not even the most, but they're doing the least for you. If they're jealous of you, if they're not reliable, you need to walk away. And there's nothing wrong with that. And, and I want to stress that so hard because we've all been there where we've been like, yeah, I don't want to answer this call because of X, Y, and Z, but I should answer the call because I've known them for X, Y, and Z. Now, fuck that shit. Fuck that shit and fuck them too. We need to start stop shaking that stigma of, oh, so to wrap everything up and rain this crazy ass couple of hours in, I will never have a podcast probably uh, I'm bullshit. My podcast will be fairly long when I have guests. Obviously, it's not just myself talking shit alone, but interacting with other people. But the fact that you've made it to this point means that you've listened to the entire process. So I really appreciate your support. I thank you. You're amazing. Definitely take the time to go support Jace's page at Cooking and Cocktailing. I'm not being facetious. I'm not kissing ass. His shit is legit.
his plating, his pages, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, it's worth it's worth it. It's worth the time. And if you have any concerns, questions, any feedback, or if you want to see what the fuck is going on regarding these cocktails, you know to go at cocktails and culture underscore, email me, go on the Instagram page, go on Facebook, and that's where I am. Once again, I want to reiterate, thank you so much for getting to this point. Thank you so much for your support. Thank you so much for your interactions. And thank you so much just for fucking with me. Just dope. So, um, as you know, we're going to do this shit every week. And if you have any questions, concerns, feedback, I am so open to feedback. So don't be afraid that I'm a savage and I'm not going to respond well. I'm going to respond well. Hit me up. Let me know what you want to talk about. This podcast is for all of us. And <laughs> so that's why I say the feedback is welcome. So thanks for getting to this point. Have fun with the culture. Enjoy the cock. I'm fucking drunk. Enjoy the culture. Have fun with the cocktails. Have a great week. Peace. Welcome to the ninth episode of the Cocktails and Culture podcast, where we enjoy some cocktails and have fun with the culture. This episode, we will have another guest, and I swear I'm on a fucking roll with this guest situation. I'm like two for two, and this guest is none other than my sister cousin. Now, when I say sister cousin, I don't mean some weird Church of Latter-day Saint type shit. I mean my first cousin who's so close to me that I look at her more as a sister than a cousin, and I know I'm not alone in the idea that someone is not automatically defined by their literal definition. Meaning, yes, my mother and her father are siblings, but we are closer than that. Like you may have a friend that you see more as a brother than your actual blood brother. And as I've stated in previous episodes, family is a verb, not just an adjective or a noun. So by actions, someone can be more family than their blood relation. So we will address a few things in this episode. Um, Obviously, we're going to go ahead and discuss everything that's cocktail related with the guest and what she likes to drink with what, what we're getting into uh, what is in her at-home bar um culture wise we are going to have to address another loss at this point throw the whole fucking 2019 away like for real for real uh john singleton um we're gonna unpack his contributions to the culture and have a good a good conversation about a topic we all can relate to which is revenge of the ex you know that boomerang person that you finally got the courage to throw away and whether it be five days five months or five years they come back around uninvited that's what we'll unpack today so cheers and let's get to it